0: Welcome back to InsideThePassion.com rhythm and voice episode, The Celebration of the Journey. This episode is the sequel to A Celebration of Process. So, if you have not yet listened to A Celebration of Process, I strongly recommend that you do so because we are just going to jump right into where we left off. Are you? ready here we go all right now let's get back to her perspective okay now she makes this shift let's get back to the shift the shift of seeing someone as a friend Mm -hmm. right in your social circle to a potential partner what is going on in your head how are you seeing things differently that shift
1: Mm -hmm.
0: let's talk about that from a a woman's perspective from a Russian woman's perspective let's talk about that shift because that's a huge shift
1: yeah well it's a huge shift in any context well yes so but in this context it would have some specificities I think first we would need to have a sense of what her, her background right has she found her relationships with the men from her world you know Russian men to be problematic in some way, in a way that this man isn't, right? Is she feeling like alienated from the gender norms that are expected of her in that world? That could very much be it. You know, this is a world in which coming out of the Soviet period in the 90s, you know, when there was a kind of almost complete economic collapse and social and political chaos, the options available to women were limited. And most of them were contingent on matching up with a man, and that was contingent on your looks and the way the things you were offering to a man. You know
0: that would. Be. But that's changed somewhat.
1: Well, here's the thing. So it's changed, and and it's very it's absolutely possible for a woman to be where she is and to be doing now. Of course, that would very much depend also on like what kind of family she's coming from. You know, if she has an art gallery, who, where'd the money come from?
0: One of the other three.
1: Okay. So the point is, how autonomous is she? And part of that is an economic question, right? Okay. So does she need this partner as a life partner also because she needs to... Find some stability economically, or you
0: know, is this or is she? No, she comes with the
1: stability. So she's she's not dependent on that. Yeah. So that's okay. So that's one thing. The other thing is, even if the women are, you know, have kind of moved into a different set of norms and have embraced a different set of norms, the men don't necessarily have to. Right? Yeah, there, there, there are. there do you mean? I mean that, you know, okay, so we have this kind of new world of progressive gender norms and kind of new women who are successful, autonomous, and, you know, and that's here too. Right. Right? But what about the men? Are they going to find a woman like that attractive? Russian men as a partner? Not necessarily.
0: Not necessarily.
1: So she might be in a situation, again, not entirely unfamiliar to me, <laughs> where <laughs> where, <laughs> where, you know, the things that she has the choices she has made, you know, may not make her an attractive partner to the majority of men. The things that make that are good about her, right? She's autonomous, she's successful, she's independent, she's she knows what she wants. You know, she's educated, she, you know, all of those things that you're supposed to be as a human person, if, you know, or ideally, right? As a female partner may not be the like what, what they want, right? They might not want that in a female partner. And this is a woman who may be alienated from, kind of out of, not alien, out of sync with the, Cultural norms of the world she's in. That she can't both be herself and tap into the kind of expected course of things.
0: And then maybe this is one of the reasons why she shifted her perspective. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Like this guy would not have the same issues.
0: Right. So that's a plus. Yes. Professor.
1: That's a plus for the professor because she may have, by that point, I don't know, what is she, like, in her early 30s? Yes. Right? So by that point, by the time you're in your early 30s, you know, it's not your first ride at the rodeo, right? right. So you've had, you. she has probably had a number of experiences where she has either not met expectations, you know, of her partner and been unwilling to meet them and compromise on those things, right? Right
0: and that of course uh, those decisions and choices led her to her success.
1: Exactly. Right? So it's a kind of double-edged sword. She may, you know, she may be unwilling to to compromise on certain things for the sake of a harmonious partnership with somebody whose values she doesn't respect to be into it, right? right? So that puts you in a very complicated situation, right? You have to square your values with yourself Mm -hmm. and see if what you're willing to compromise on even if you want love very very much so yeah so this would make him somebody who is attractive as an option just for being kind of also out of sync with the norms and a potentially different experience From what she has had.
0: And from what he has had.
1: Well, we don't know. I don't know what he has had. The most likely version is he's, if he's been in Russia for a long time, he's, you know, had experiences with Russian women. And they're probably not like this woman. They're not so that's you know because you're kind of describing somebody who is specific who's who's kind of in a league of her own so if he were coming to the you know romantic part of this whatever this relationship With certain expectations of what a Russian woman is like based on his former experiences, she wouldn't be meeting them. But that may not be a bad thing. That may be a good thing.
0: Back to her perspective. She sees this person suddenly as a viable candidate. How does the relationship begin to change now that she is considering him?
1: Well, I don't know. So It would first depend on what was the relationship. What's the kind of point of departure? I mean,
0: friendship, social circles, shared interests. Like
1: any other budding romance, right? You try to come up with reasons to spend time with this person, right? I mean, that's the kind of (laughs) that's step one is you realize you want to see this person, and then you either make that explicit. By saying, Would you like to go on a date with me?
0: Or you. But they, which, that doesn't play right
1: Which she's not going to do. Right. Or you implicitly try to manufacture reasons to be together.
0: Now, is this something that you would discuss, like with her two best friends who are also her partners? Is this something that they discuss amongst themselves they when the could, girls yeah. go out to eat? Is that like a normal.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, it it seems like that this person, from from what you've described, she is most comfortable in the world of business and kind of getting stuff done. Right.
0: She makes things happen and keeps it on point.
1: Which would then suggest that she would try to if she's interested in this guy the first i'm just thinking what would i do the first you know i don't know you know i mean i'm just kind of like hypothetically right the first idea i would have is like come up with some reason to bring to collaborate with him right and then you don't even have to out yourself to your friends you don't even have to out yourself to yourself you could continue to tell yourself that this is all you know for the sake of advancing the you know, whatever project you're working on. Brilliant. <laughs> and that... that is brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah. so you come up with some reason that this person is now kind of regularly in your orbit without it being about the two of you.
0: Okay, and a good example of that would be if the professor in this art scene provided a pipeline international right so right if you, like yeah. their hot gallery in St. Petersburg what's the next thing? right expansion
1: yes so if you know so she might be in conversation with him let's say he shows up to a sh- opening they have and let's say he really loves some artists that they've signed and are working with. And let's say, you know, he is excited about it and they're talking about it and she's thinking, you know, well, what about if we kind of try to bring this artist abroad either to, you know, an art fair or an art, you know, kind of biennial or some kind of, you know, she would have to be careful about it, right? Because you don't want to come off like you're using this Well, it's person. a collaboration.
0: Right. So he's got to be getting some value out of right. it as well.
1: Right, right, right. Maybe he would have to be the one that brings it up. Like, what do you think about... Well, she could plant the seed. Right, exactly. But he would have to, to be... She. Up. I don't think she could, like... I, I would never ask, like, hey, do you think you could introduce me to such and such, right? Like, he would right. have to be... She would plant the seed. Right. And then he would have to really be intuitive the enough lead. to take the lead and say you know what about yeah let's try to kind of make this happen let me let me put out some feelers or this kind of thing right, right. that would put them into all sorts of conversations and maybe even some trips
0: maybe even some
1: now that's where things could get interesting i like that i don't know so that's one one possibility right
0: but i also like the idea that the other two women are involved as well because of their collaborative success with this gallery. Mm-hmm. And I want to ensure that there is authenticity there, that Mm -hmm. that that is something that, oh, yeah, I could see that happening. Like, Mm -hmm. that's natural. Mm -hmm. Like, she, Mm -hmm. you know, they they work together well. They're successful. And this becomes another project.
1: I mean, it could very also be that they're the ones who are pushing for this collaboration, not her. And that, in fact, she's the one who, you know, they're kind of saying, oh, well, you know, look, we have this guy in our orbit you know we really believe in this artist we really believe this artist deserves an international audience why don't you go try to make this happen and because she has all sorts of ambivalent feelings and is trying to pump the brakes on her emotional kind of transformation she's kind of trying not to Mm -hmm. right and then they're kind of pushing her to do it hence you know what you remember you at one point were telling me you know, that they invite
0: him to a dinner or something like right. that. Right. It's her birthday dinner. Right. And they invite him right. to the end of it.
1: So, but here's the thing I think this would, the way that I remember it going before was it, it was in in trying to set them up. Right. But I think that to me sounds unlikely. Okay. That it would really be about trying, forcing her hand in trying to make this collaboration happen Excellent. you know and so maybe they suspect that the guy is more than kind of neutral toward her right right and maybe they even suspect that she might be open to this with him but they can tell that she is reluctant right and so this is a way to kind of Exploit the opportunity in their favor, right? Without kind of hurting anyone, exactly. right? And to help this along, to they help just, along this this potential budding relationship, but at the very least, to kind of exploit this, you know, this opportunity to advance, you know, this this project that they believe in.
0: So they're in the know. They're in the know if they're coming from this place.
1: In the know about the emotional part, or the um, or about the, the potential. I would. Think.
0: I mean, the g- girls talk.
1: Uh, yeah, but I would think that they wouldn't be in the know in the sense that, like, it would be secondary. It would be instrumental initially. Like, they're not that romantic. They're not gonna, like, sit there and, like, try to, like, orchestrate, like, you know, a love story. They're trying to orchestrate a business transaction. And they suspect that there might be some emotional stuff there but that's not their business that's their business you know that's the business of the other two and they might not you know they might not even be thinking about it that much it just is like enough of a trigger to exploit the 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 you know the kind of the tension between the two of the woman and the man is enough Of a of a kind of asset and trigger to kind of advance the business side of things, right? Got it. But then maybe when they actually start seeing them together, they realize that this isn't so transactional, right? And then it becomes more complicated. I I mean, that's that's yeah, I think so. I think that makes sense.
0: That makes sense. Okay. Because still, he's he's kind of in the dark.
1: Yeah. Well, she's also sound kind of in the dark, you know? Like, she hasn't even really... It sounds like at this point she hasn't even really been honest with herself about her emerging feelings for him.
0: I think maybe that there's a little inner conflict right. with her. Mm-hmm. between yeah. her, That there's a... Uh, you know, she may be fighting it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, A little bit. I think so, yeah. And I don't think... And I think that's risen to the border of her consciousness where I think his is buried still. Mm-hmm. You know, so she's ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I think he's got it too, but it's just not... Mm-hmm. They both need help. And, you know,
1: exactly. and everybody, you know, this is all happening not in a vacuum. It's happening in the context of their lives and what else is happening in his life, you know? That, that's the thing. You have to kind of... Why hasn't it risen higher in his consciousness? Maybe he's trying to sort out work stuff maybe stuff's happening back home and he's trying to figure out if he should stay in Russia or go
0: back home and maybe his parents are sick who knows right so maybe he's horrible with relationships maybe he he's just
1: an idiot doesn't what he might just be he just might a just fool. be an idiot yeah he might just be a fool like he just doesn't get it he doesn't pick it up right or maybe he thinks that she's so kind of together and successful that like what does she want with him anyway Because he doesn't really get, like, why she would be, in fact, (laughs) why her romantic prospects in her world are not great, right? Even though she's great.
0: But that would mean he would have to be, have low self-esteem and be somewhat insecure, right? I don't think he is.
1: I don't think that's necessarily true. You don't? No, well, I mean, I don't think so. Because I think, I think there's so much that would be required, right? It's... It would the, the kind of coming together of these two people would have to be so deliberate that the initi- the assumption because of the obstacles and the kind of the, the kind of spaces between them Like, it's not like they're neighbors and grew up together, of course they're gonna get together, right? Like, this is like, there's too many reasons for them not to be together. So for them to actually be together, there have to be deliberate choices made. And even, so let's say the thought bubbles up in his mind. Let's say he sees her and he thinks, well, this is a wonderful person. And so, you know, and just kind of, I admire her. But that doesn't necessarily then mean, and therefore I will approach her, because she's still in her own world. Like she's not, maybe he doesn't think of her as exactly part of his world, right? She's kind of has her own stuff happening. So who knows? That doesn't necessarily mean bad self-esteem. It just means somebody who misreads the situation. I think, yeah, I think it would be just more like, how do you read things as a person? What do you assume about other people? Not just what you assume about yourself. No. Mm, yeah. You know, I might think I'm wonderful, but I would, I can imagine a number of people that I would meet and be like, well, they wouldn't be interested in me. Not because I'm not wonderful, but just because what I'm assuming about them. Right. And their interests, which may not be accurate. But that's not about my bad self, low self-esteem. It just means like, well, there's different worlds. They couldn't be interested in right.
0: me. Right you coming from different places
1: yeah, yeah, so yeah so you know it wouldn't it's not a kind of entirely organic situation right which is what i mean when i say that it require it would require kind of deliberate choices to be made and then you get to the more interesting part which is how emotionally brave are these people to even make those choices Let's so you gotta talk like a look bit at, about at those
0: that. choices. Let's talk about that. You ready?
1: I'm ready. I think. All right, you you lead the way.
0: We're talking about emotional bravery. When does that play into this? First of all, define it. And then how does it play into this? into this one act
1: you know there's the kind of the abstract right and then there's the concrete so the abstract is just the makeup kind of risks they're willing to take including emotionally and I think what kind of how vulnerable they allow themselves to be and you know whether they can recognize what there is to gain by taking the risk. And so that's that's kind of in the abstract, independent of context, I think for for people, they're different, right? Do they have the, you know, the, are they just kind of temperamentally comfortable enough to be that vulnerable for whatever reason? Do they have the experience to understand what's at stake, you know, and what they could gain if they take the risk and actually succeed? right so that's kind of just I think everyone's different in that way and they come with different experiences and then there's there's the the factor of the kind of cultural matrix right and how things might be understood or misunderstood and cues and signs and assumptions so you know if you kind of tell yourself well you know, the likelihood is this person can't stay here and the likelihood is they probably aren't thinking of me that way for all of these reasons that I'm assuming about them, then why would I kind of put myself out there? And and actually, you know, so the kind of like logistical part is there are obstacles. It's not an easy choice. A deliberate choice have, would have to be made, right? And, the, and then the emotional part is, you know, well, do I believe that you know that I that they could recognize me as someone that they would that could make them happy you know and that has to do I think with both personal experience and the kind of cultural assumptions you make about people. If I were I mean am I, I don't know, are we looking at the man or the woman?
0: Let's look at the woman.
1: The woman right so i would just i would think right so one one possibility is that she knows that she has her life is there right so right. she's not, she's not interested in no in you know picking up and going anywhere she has invested a lot into the world that she's created for herself
0: that's correct
1: but she's alone I mean, romantically, right? Right. And she's getting to that age where other people are mating up, right?
0: Been mating up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And she's, you know, made it up. And and she still
0: wants that for herself.
1: Yeah, and she does, right? But so far, that has, you know, she's not found that.
0: Well, she hasn't been looking for it. It hasn't been a priority.
1: Right. And now, she's kind of where she... Wants to be, and she's happy with where she is professionally, right? And, and and she really, you know, it's not just a job for her, right? Presumably, if you're involved in something like art. It's her business. She, well, it's business, but it's also something she believes in.
0: Yeah, she's passionate right? about it.
1: Right, it's something that she she's invested in, not just as a kind of transactional thing, but because she believes that the people that she works with, these artists, are doing something important. Mm-hmm. And that she has a role to play in getting their work and their message out into the world, right? So she has, that part of it is is kind of intact and working. And at this point, it's kind of running itself, right? right? So she's kind of built up this edifice so that now it kind of runs on its own, you know, and she can smoothly kind of operate it. And then she realizes, right, that she's alone, and then she realizes, as we kind of already kind of thought about, that all of these things that make her successful in one part of her life are maybe going to make things more difficult in this other part of her life. And then she sees her eyes are open to the possibility with this alien creature in her in her ecosystem, right? hmm but immediately, I would think the next question is, yeah, but does he want to stay here? And if he does want to stay here, am I just a means to an end? And if he, you know what I mean? Like, there are all of these things that could be questions and then suspicions, and suspicions right? And disincentives. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think, would um, require time. And in terms of kind of building up trust and getting to know one another, but also, and that would have to be happening almost like in the background rather than like they start dating, right?
0: Right. Like through the, you know, Yeah, kind of organically,
1: right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that she could be thinking about these things without actually putting herself out there, right? But meanwhile, she's reading the signals. Right. Right. Through just being around him and trying to understand you know what his intentions are not about just her but about life life right you know are you planning on staying do you miss home you know do you can you imagine a life here you know what kinds of things do you find difficult about life here you know have you made connections with friends that you think are you know authentic and? and that are enough for you in terms of making this a home for yourself because the things that make people happy or unhappy right are so often intangible yeah you know and it's not just about the other person it's like i want to live in the city or i don't want to live in the city and you know even though i like this person the thought of living surrounded by this many people, you know, would grate on me every day, right? Because I want to be somewhere in the countryside and this person's life is here, right? Like, there are all yeah. sorts of things and uh, that you start kind of measuring up against each other. And they're all, like, rational calculations, right? Because you're trying to ultimately decide, is it worth it for me to take this risk so you're asking all these questions in your own head right and you're kind of making giving coming up with answers in your own head from the other person assumptions assumptions right right? um and because you are a coward you don't actually ask them You don't actually allow them. A lot of times people just make... Before they even start, they just come up with a set of assumptions for why something won't work. And then they don't even give the other person an opportunity to actually say what they want or don't want, what they'd be willing to do and not willing to do, right? So because it's too... The possibility that they might... Say, actually, I can't. I like you, but I don't want to live in the city because I just can't bear the sound of it, and I want to be able to eat, you know, whatever German pretzels every day of my life. And there aren't any good German pretzels here, or whatever, right? No. Like, like this is like the thought, right? That somebody would say to you, you know, you're wonderful, but not wonderful enough for me to give up, you know, peace and quiet and german pretzels you know (laughs) it's like so awful right the possibility of having that actually sent to you is so horrible that you don't even want to ask the question because you're too afraid of the answer and the sad thing is that sometimes you assume things maybe the answer was something else and you just assume that it was going to be about the pretzels and the you know birds chirping and and you just kind of didn't even ask the question So, yeah, that's what I I think that's the emotional, you know, courage is is if it's if if you want it badly enough to ask to to kind of put yourself out there to ask the question. So she would there would be so many reasons to just not even try with this guy. If I were her. So she has to be somebody Who, A, just has the kind of the will and the, you know, the courage intrinsically. And B, has to kind of believe, I think maybe, that like this is her chance, like at happiness. And that really there aren't other chances around.
0: And that's where she is.
1: Yes, and so that's when it becomes a risk worth taking right because he's not just some face on you know a dating app and then there's like 2000 more behind him and they're all interchangeable right Right. she's gone through the 2000 kind of hypothetically and in some limited version in actual life right and she realizes that there's a disconnect that she can't She doesn't believe that given where she is, somebody that she would encounter, that it's unlikely she would encounter somebody in her world that could make her happy and that she would be able to make happy. And so then from that perspective, if this is your chance, right? If you believe that like, if this person is not it, then there is not, you know, 200 other options behind him on the app, right? Then you might be willing to put yourself out there. So we have to have some sense that she's been through the rodeo a little bit to know, right? Right. And that she also has the self-knowledge to understand what she is and isn't willing to compromise on right like she won't
0: she won't leave leave, right
1: right, like she won't leave no so that's that's kind of those are the risks right that's the landscape of the of the the questions and then it's about trying to get the answers and then and here is the, the factor that's gonna and this is what you were ending with right and then it's kind of about time like will there be enough time for both of them to have asked the questions of themselves and each other to get the answers right because it's not just binary right it's like you you don't just say well yeah i think you'd be worth it or not right you you kind of Ask the question, and then you live in the question for yes. a while, right? And, and then, then you
0: ask the question again. again,
1: right? So, so like that all takes time, right? I mean, you may know what the question is early on, but you may not have the answer with confidence. And what if they don't have time? What if fate just intervenes? What if he works at the university that got that closes, gets closed down, and he loses his work permit and he has to go? And then they say what they have to make a decision or is even, is there even a decision to make at that
0: stage you know so that's well it depends where they are but
1: that's what I'm saying right like so, so like you have to kind of map it out to see you know how much time have they actually had to be able to make a decision when it comes when fate intervenes and a decision actually has to be made and that again, I think takes you back to emotional courage, right? right? Because the less time you have, the more you're, it's a leap into the unknown. It's a risk, right? You know, like, yeah, if we all kind of test it out and have more and more data points and variables are all clear, then the risk decreases, right? You mm-hmm. can make the decision. If this comes in kind of early days, then you know you're kind of like well, hypothetically I can imagine this being this way, but it could not be. So it's a risk, and the question is, you know, in, is it worth taking the risk? You know, for both of them, and that's kind of I think the question at the end is it. You know, do you? Well, I would like to have not?
0: something come in related to fate or destiny, something outside of them, which puts it on the table so they both begin to entertain this. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Both of them start asking these questions of themselves, because he's like a guy, so he's a little oblivious. (sighs) But now, whatever happens, it's like, whoa. So what is it that do you think can happen? Is it a question of do I
1: stay or do I go? Is it, I mean, what can happen that would push the situation into one where they have to make a decision?
0: I don't know. I have no idea. That'll come out hopefully organically.
1: Right.
0: You know, it'll, it'll, it'll be natural. That's just something happens that right. puts them...
1: I mean, it has to be something that puts the, the pressure on the time. Right? Because it's compressing the time. Right. Right? Like, ideally, they would have had more time. Right. To organically kind of, you know, develop and come to their own answers. and But then, presumably, if fate intervenes, they don't get the time. So they have to make a decision before the time that would have been comfortable for them, whatever that amount of time would have been. Right? Right. And then the question is, do you say, okay, well, we didn't get enough time, so I guess faith's spoken, so, you know, it's been nice, but, like, I don't have enough data to make a decision, and I'm not willing to make one that's wrong, because the cost is too great, or do you kind of say, well, obviously, I wish I had more time so I could make this decision with more confidence, but I have, you know, I'm going to take a leap of faith and do it.
0: Is that emotional bravery, the leap of faith?
1: It might be emotional stupidity. I don't know if it's emotional. But I mean, you know, but I think it's a thin line. It's a thin line. But I guess it's a question of what do you have to gain and what do you have to lose, right? Yeah. What do you... Like, that's really all it is, right? That's what a risk is. It's a, it's a risk. And so you, it's like, if I okay, if I you know, what can I gain, you know? I mean, this is, you know, kind of like, you know, Marx's, you know, the proletariat have nothing to lose by their chains, right? This is like, you know, it's like, it's like, well, you know, what do we have to lose? Nothing. What do we have to gain? The world, right? So, I mean, is she at that place where, like, she's like, I have nothing to lose, and if I, but if, but what do I have to gain is, like, love, and, you know, this person who I think, you know, could make me happy and I could make him happy. But she does have stuff to lose.
0: Right? Like What? What does she have to lose?
1: Well, she... Like, her entire life that she's built up. How does she have that to lose? Because what if he's like, well, I can't stay here.
0: But uh, she's already decided that Well, that she's not giving that up. So,
1: if that's a precondition, then I guess, you know, if the only condition is... If the if the kind of precondition for this is that he would have to stay there, then yeah, she doesn't have anything to she lose. She has nothing to other, lose. Well, other than other than her heartbreak. If he says no, that's a that and that's that's a pretty big one,
0: you know. So, what about his his side? What does he have to lose? I don't know. We don't know.
1: I mean, what does he have to lose? Well, he'd have to pivot his life i guess in the direction of like making a home there and we don't know if he was thinking in those terms or not you know like it's one thing when you kind of are living somewhere and you're like i could live here but you always have the option to go because you're not really entangled with anything there's nothing keeping you there right so you're like i like it you know There are things that are really interesting and fun. I'm just going to keep doing it, you know, until I don't want to. And then I can go.
0: And that's basically his... And
1: that's been his thing, right? But if he actually makes a life there, if he entangles himself with another person, and then it's like, wait, I'm never going to get to have New York bagels again? Or rather, like... Not every day, maybe like once a year, right? Like this is kind of stuff like that. The German pretzel, yeah, the opposite of the German pretzel, right? Like, like I can tell you when I was living in Moscow, it was really interesting, and you know, and, and I never thought I felt particularly strongly about hamburgers. I never did, like not when I was living in the U.S., you know, and they were everywhere. And then I remember at one point we were so poor, we had no money because it was we were grad students, and they had a TGI Friday's. It was like one TGI Friday's in all of Moscow, and we went to the TGI Friday's, maybe it was like a birthday or something like this, you mm-hmm. know, it was like a special occasion. So we went to TGI Friday's, paid Moscow prices for TGI Friday's like twice as much as it would be here, wow. and got a hamburger which vaguely resembled a hamburger and I was moved to tears I was like I don't want to live in a world in which there are no hamburgers you know so and so you know I mean obviously you know I I, I could have changed my mind for love But, but it would have given me pause You know, it would have
0: been on the table. That
1: would have been, you know, and so it's one of those things where, like, you, you don't know, like, you have to, like, really, until it's a real possibility that you have to give this stuff up, you don't know what it's worth to you. You really don't, you know, it's like until that moment when somebody's like, you can't have this anymore if you make this choice. And then you consider your life going forward without the hamburger, but with this person, you think to yourself, "I think I can. Take, I think I can manage that. I think I can, you know, accommodate that loss into my life. You know, or not. You know, or not." We were talking. I remember talking to this friend of mine, and. Um, He was saying, we were talking about um, cheating, right? We were talking about cheating on people. And, you know, he, he was saying something like, well, sometimes you want chicken, but sometimes you want beef. And I was like, okay, that's fair. Let's say you, let's say you had chicken every day and... Let's say that one day somebody said, you can have this steak, but if you have this steak, you can never have chicken again in your entire life, ever. It's just going to be steak from now on. What would you choose? Are you willing to give up chicken forever just to have steak? You know, so it's kind of like, you know, it's like, it's like you may not value chicken that much when you're having it every day. But what if the cost is like, I will never never have have it it again, again, ever, for the rest of life. And instead you have to eat steak and maybe you'll be sick of steak in like three days, right? and so
0: yeah, maybe you would be longing for chicken yeah you'll be, be like I was so ass.
1: comfortable like I didn't have indigestion why did I <laughs> why did I go out on a limb and like compromise my chicken for this piece of steak you know like these are but until you have to make the choice so the question is what's going to force them to make the choice right to like you know to to go and and take the leap or not take the leap Um, because I think you know they both nothing about their situation is organic it's not the easy way out right and and i was i was actually listening to a podcast um yesterday and it was it was um they were talking about kind of dating patterns and they were saying that um there was a book on this and they were saying that in the like in the 20s and 30s or up until like the world war ii like something like 30 or 40 percent of marriages were happening to people within like two mile radius of their home like they married people within a two mile radius of their home meaning like their neighbors
0: right people they grew up with yeah. people are the same yeah. values yeah.
1: and then you just kind of are like well we're around the same age and it's about that time you don't really have to like make huge decisions right no it's now it's it. a, just kind of like that's the the next step nothing about these people i mean and this is true i think more generally right, right. like the, nothing about our life now is just the next step like there's no obvious path for anyone because we're you know now told that we're supposed to you know make our own journeys and you know that all the, these choices matter right but And that our, our happiness is in our own hands and all this kind of thing, right? And not just in our hands, but in the hands of the other person that you choose. And so that makes that choice colossal, right? Right. But, so that's kind of like globally, right? We're no longer in that world, really, I think. And then here, like, there's nothing that would have brought these two people together. Like, like they like the every single decision for that for them to be together every part of it would have to be a decision that they make and you know we're all making decisions within our cultural context and we're all making decisions on assumptions based on you know family kind of experiences and gender so who knows you know i mean who but you know the kind of rom-com version right is like that they just know and they're just madly in love and that he's like i i'm okay with eating chicken for the rest of my life and never having a pretzel because i know that you because i'm not okay with not having you in my life right Right. that's the rom-com version I don't know if you're writing a rom-com one-act play or not, so that's gonna be the decision you have
0: to make, right? Is, is, well, I'm gonna put them in that place at the end of the where their hand is forced. Mm-hmm. Their hands are forced in a way. Mm-hmm. It's just on the table. Mm-hmm. And it's clear to them that the decision will have to be deliberate. Mm-hmm. But At this point, at the end, it's really up to him.
1: It is up to him. It's
0: up to him. Yep. To... It's all on him Mm -hmm. to make the decision because her life and her lifestyle is not going to change.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So what would she have to be for him? For him to change his it's not change his life for him to restrict his options because you're right there is an imbalance right like she's she has a precondition which is this is what i'm doing right and i've built this and i'm not changing it
0: exactly i'm not going anywhere
1: so you kind of have to come into my life i mean not in a way like i mean ostensibly he has a life there of his own yes so it wouldn't be at the expense of that but you know it, she can't pick up and go. And she... And
0: he's connected internationally. Right, right, right. I mean, he could, you know, move around and right, do stuff. But right. basically, that's, you know, that's going to be his home. I don't know. How do men make these decisions? That's, that's your story. I think you said the answer earlier. It's that fine line between emotional bravery and emotional stupidity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep.
0: But it takes, um, it depends on the person's makeup. Like, does he have the emotional bravery even to make a decision like mm-hmm. that? And maybe the answer is that he doesn't.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be.
0: But maybe he wants to. Yeah. You, you know, maybe he wants to have yeah. that courage. hmm
1: But that still doesn't mean he has it.
0: That still doesn't mean he has
1: it. You know, I think, you know, you... you you can recognize it as valuable and still not be willing to give up what it would take to actually have the courage, which would be giving up all of your comforts, you know, and your safety emotionally. So that's the thing, I mean, you're not, it's not just, do I have it, do I not have it? I mean, it would, it's, 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 you know, am I willing to get out of the safe space into this kind of vortex and take a leap into the unknown I mean and who you know you can want to do it but like you know I, I want to go on a super high diving board and do a beautiful dive into the water and I will probably walk my way up there and stand at the edge but there's a good chance I will walk right back down and not actually jump you know even though sure. I want to be able to jump but you know, I just can't. I can't. Like, physically, my body won't let me.
0: And some people are incapable of making the leap of faith.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's true. And, you know, that's just who they are.
0: So when I'm working with this character, I really have to determine, as I shape him, if he has that emotional fortitude. hmm You know? like, yeah. Does he have that? I mean, he did put himself out there. And, you know, he's free willy. Yeah, and yeah you know he enjoys life Mm -hmm. and so he's he's adventurous and uh he's not afraid to put himself out there
1: but that's not emotionally putting himself out there that's different he put himself out there you know he went to a new country he did this he did that that has i mean that's
0: yeah that means nothing yeah because we're talking about
1: Talking Locking about
0: down.
1: well, we're talking about emotional vulnerability. Like that's you know, I mean, you can be physically uncomfortable or you know struggle in that way and still feel perfectly safe emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's nobody who can come in and destroy you, annihilate you with with their love.
0: You know, <laughs> so so in a sense, when fate like you know puts down the gauntlet it's pretty much one that opens his emotional vulnerability like it opens him up
1: yep and then it's a question of what does he do with that
0: yeah what does he do
1: because i mean basically you know any by any calculation that either of them would make right like if we're gonna kind of do a you know what you're taught to do when you're you know, a young person and you're trying to make a decision, you know, make a list of pros, make a list of cons. You know, by any calculation, they end up in the cons. Like the cop, you know what I mean? Right. So well he does. He does more than she does because she doesn't have to give up her right her world, right? Exactly. So by the calcul you know, by rational calculations, there's really not even a choice. It's just, you know, you, you put down this many pros, this many cons, there are more cons and you have your answer. But, you know that's what we talked about right We talked about the, this.
0: What if there's one pro
1: that trumps, that trumps all the other ones?
0: All the other cons. Exactly.
1: There's this is actually there's a um in, in Dostoevsky's notes from underground mm-hmm. this is the whole kind of argument right in this book is that you know it's, a, it's, a, it's basically a treatise against utilitarianism right which is calculation wow. calculated happiness right and he says look you know yes for you know 2 plus 2 equals 4 and you believe that and that's true but I want it to equal five. And so, you know, you can you can try to calculate happiness by coming up with the most, I mean I'm butchering this, Dostoevsky, right? But mm-hmm. but you can come up basically the gist is, right? You can get to maximum happiness for the, the greatest good for the greatest number, right? That's the utilitarian principle right. by, you know, by calculation, right? By look by looking at profit. But he says. People have one most profitable profit, which is the the will to impose their will on the world and decide that 2 plus 2 equals 5, and that that will always cancel out whatever calculations of profit for the greatest good in the greatest number that you make, right? Yeah. So it's, in and you know, he calls this man's most profitable profit, right? So in a way, like this love is like the most, you know, the most profitable profit. Like you you could say, well, okay, here's what this person will give me. He'll give me this, he'll give me that, he'll give me that. And it works the other way too, right? He'll give me these 20 things, right? Stability, economic security, you know, someone to go on vacation with, you know, we like the same food, you know, someone that I can complain to when I come home from work, you know, whatever, like mm-hmm. the whole list, the gamut, right? My parents will like him. He's, you know, good looking, like da-da-da-da-da-da-da, blah, all of them, right? But he doesn't have that one, right? Like you don't love him. So doesn't matter. All, all the 20 or 100 good things are kind of irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you might act as if they're not and continue on and make the
0: choice. And as many people do.
1: As most, <laughs> as many, very many people do. Most people. Yeah. But that doesn't make it irrelevant, you
0: know? No. And then conversely, you could have 20 things on the con side.
1: Mm hmm. And do you just, that's because of that one thing you're willing to put up with all of them. Now, you know, of course then you have life and it has to sustain, you know, (laughs) the, the, the one thing has to sustain you know your willingness to put up with the twenty bullshitty things for the long haul, and that's a different story. But you know, usually, ideally, it's not a one to twenty ratio. <laughs> so, but I, but I, I guess the point, right, is like is like you know that the one is the important one, right? The one is the irrational one is the important one, not the rational, not the ones,
0: rational one, right? Yeah. So.
1: You know, we put them in a like you put them in a situation. They can make a whole host of rational calculations, right? If this, then this; if this, then this. Mm-hmm. But it's really going to be the rational one that isn't necessarily decisive, but that is going to be the real question: is if they're willing to act on that one, mm-hmm. you know, and and how they act is you know that's kind of up to you I guess but that's going to be the decisive factor is not like what list they come up with for pros and cons although it could be that they come up with a list of pros and cons and then just don't have the emotional courage to you know to, to work against it you know and just say well too many cons
0: well I think that the end question and the question that I'd like to end the act with is Do you have the emotional courage? And just leave leave it unanswered. Leave it unanswered and on the table. Do you have the emotional courage? Because this is what it comes down to. Mm
1: -hmm. I think that's I think that it is what it comes down to. You know, because there are always gonna be pros and cons. Always. And you know, you can get it right by those calculations. Right? Yeah. Get it get it very very right. Get all twenty check marks, and still be wrong.
0: <laughs> That's I mean, there are no guarantees. Otherwise, no. If there's no formula. Everyone would be doing it, and everyone would be happy. Exactly. The greatest good for the greatest number. Yeah. Right. So, so this is where we are. Anyway, thank you, Victoria. <laughs>
1: Thank I you for awesome. thank you for for you know ha- allowing me to think about these things that historians don't get to think about that much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it has been. All right, so we'll see where this takes this piece.
1: All right. All righty.
0: Thanks. Uh-huh. Hi, I'm Lamott, creator of InsideThePassion.com. Thank you for listening to both a celebration of process and the celebration of the journey. Victoria and I will continue on this journey for the next episode, where we will explore the romantic history of the two main characters of the one-act play on InsideThePassion.com. Now, just in case you stumbled upon this episode and made it to this point, please, I encourage you to listen to its prequel, A Celebration of Process on insidethepassion.com. The Rhythm and Voice category. What is the Rhythm and Voice category? It is the category where I get to explore my deepest creative passion to create, have fun, and celebrate process. If you enjoyed my two podcasts with my dear friend, Victoria, go to insidethepassion.com and sign up for a free membership, and you will be notified when the next one is released. Until then, check out episodes Birth of Intuition and its sequel, Spirit of Intuitions." I I think you'll like those. Those are both in the rhythm and voice category of insidethepassion.com. And while you're there, feel free to explore the other two categories, Brew, which covers the craft beer explosion in the state of Connecticut, and Music and Art, which celebrates my love and passion for the uber-talented musicians and artists in my community on InsideThePassion.com. Once again, thank you for listening. This is Lamott saying, I'll see you later.